Therapy Chat Podcast, Episode 40. This is the Therapy Chat Podcast. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's Laura Reagan, LCSWC, with today's episode. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Hey, Laura Reagan here. Welcome back to Therapy Chat. This week, I'm really excited to bring you an interview with a fascinating person, Dr. Lourdes Viado. Lourdes is a psychotherapist in Las Vegas who works using depth psychology. It's a Jungian perspective using poetry, metaphor, symbols, dream work, And if you heard my interview two weeks ago with Rini Beck, you got your feet wet a little bit in the idea of working with symbolism, dream work, and Rini also talked about tarot or tarot. (laughs) I think you're going to really enjoy my interview with Lourdes. She speaks about the unconscious, the shadow. It's kind of an extension of what Rini was talking about. And I thought it was fascinating. I think you will too. So let's get started without wasting any more time. Let's hear my interview with Lourdes Viano. Hi, welcome back to the podcast. My guest today is Dr. Lourdes Viano, a psychotherapist who's in private practice in Las Vegas, Nevada. Lourdes, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here, Laura. I'm so glad you are too. So let's just start by, if you would, can you tell us more about yourself and your practice? I started off as a marriage and family therapist about 13 years ago. And I, when I first started out, I was like most people who just got out of their programs. And I, I worked with everyone um, and tried to work with all issues And over time, I started to feel like that wasn't really um, exciting, uh, speaking to me, and I I needed to to shift things, but I wasn't really quite sure what. Um, Hmm. And I was also at that time, you know, working full-time for the school district. And then a series of personal um, experiences 
and some crises that I, I had to work through, um, I propelled me into looking at other ways of healing myself and understanding what was going on with me. And I found myself in a bookstore, a used bookstore one day, looking at this book by Robert Bly on the shadow. And I was just hooked. And I, it was just such a novel concept to think that there were aspects of me that I was unaware of that were, um, that were impacting how I was moving through my life. And that these parts of me, you know, they could be things that I, that were, you know, what I consider, you know, not good, but they also had the potential for me to really make transformation and, and huge shifts in my experience. And so I wanted to learn more. And because at that time, the only way I thought I could learn more was to go back to school. <laughs> I instantly did research on doctoral pro programs um, on depth psychology or union psychology. And that was really how I, I found my way into, um, into depth psychology. And um, now I focus on individuals at midlife and I work with them from a depth psychology perspective using dreams, metaphor, and um, images, you know, using art and poetry as part of the, the process. So it's been a, it's been a, a long journey because I, I think it's been 13 years now and I've really been using a union or depth psychology approach probably for the last, um, probably last four or five years. Wow. So I want to ask you more about depth psychology, but before I even do, I'm, curious if you can talk a little bit more about the shadow because I think some people who are listening may be familiar with that concept and for others it might be completely new so I would love if you could explain more about that and what book that was um, it was Robert Bly a little book on the human shadow and um, the shadow is you know if, if it, it literally is refers to the things that are hidden from our our immediate view so these can be things that you're also ashamed of maybe ways that you may respond or act in certain situations that you're not proud of it can be the things you think and you don't say um, and then of course you have feelings of shame around these things um, and so part of integrating the shadow is becoming aware of all of those different parts of ourselves and not getting rid of them and not judging them, but seeing what their purpose is and integrating them into our awareness. The more you're aware of your shadow, the less of a unconscious impact it can have. So part of the work in depth psychology is getting to know those parts of yourself that you don't like to look at. Um, another way to know your shadow is to pay attention to what your close friends and family complain about with you. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I, I, I was just thinking like, is it that thing that you hate about everyone else? And that's like, you don't even see in yourself, you know, how you're like, oh, that person's so annoying. I don't like how they do this. And your friends are yeah. like, you do that. Right. <laughs> you're like, no, right. I don't. That's a terrible trait. <laughs> well, um, I heard I was listening to a talk the other day and um, one of the union analysts on it said that, you know, the shadow can include you know, whatever it is that you absolutely find um, upsetting in someone else, you just it just really ticks you off, is something that's also inside of you, mm. you know. So um, really paying attention to, you know, to how you react to others, um, saying something about what's going on within you. you know, why did you have such a strong reaction? Why does that bother you so much? And where does that come from? And when you start to acknowledge that, wow, <laughs> I have that in me too, it really helps you to um, remove your uh, judgments, your expectations. They're not as intense. You know, they're not projected onto the outer world as much because you're very aware that you also carry that potential within you. That's a, that's a tough one. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like holding up that mirror to yourself and you're, you want to say, oh, that's not there, but it is. Right. So, you know, rather than trying to avoid escape or pretend it's not there, the things that you don't like about yourself that you're not really aware of kind of shining a light onto that yeah. dark place and saying, you know, let me bring this out too. It's right. part of me. Mm -hmm. And in our early years, um, you know, especially um, like I would, I would call the, the first half of life. <laughs> um, it's natural to, to repress, suppress, or ignore what we think are unacceptable aspects of ourselves or to believe that that's not who I am. Mm. And it's only when you start to get to a place of more um, awareness and psychological maturity that you're able to, to, to look at that part of you and begin to, um, to create a relationship with those parts. Yeah, so that reminds me of parts work, but like um, internal family systems. But yeah. is that is it related to um, depth it, psychology? It does have. I I I I think, and I've read that there definitely are correlations between depth psychology and parts work, and I think that's also why it's very natural to incorporate parts work into the work I do with clients. Sometimes it's easier to explain it that way than using terms like the shadow or complexes, just referring to, you know, the angry part of you, the, the vengeful part of you, you know, the judgmental part of you. And that's something that um, I think for most of us is easier to, to kind of wrap our minds around, you know. Yeah. Wow. You're yeah. really making me think right now. So, <laughs> which is good. And I think that um, our listeners are probably like, oh, yeah, this is cool. So, um, so will you talk a little bit more now about how you use depth psychology in your work with people in midlife? Um, okay. Oftentimes, you know, first I want to, to explain that midlife is not a chronological age. Mm. It's not, um, you know, it's not that you have to be, you know, hitting 40 or 50 for you to be in midlife. Midlife, the middle passage, as it's um, referred to sometimes by uh, union analysts, is the time in a person's life when 
the things that used to work for them don't work anymore. So when a person gets to this point, they usually have managed quite well. They've built a career, they're married, they have children. Um, and suddenly those things that they've worked so hard for and the ways that they've used to cope um, don't bring them the same fulfillment or satisfaction. Um, they start questioning choices that they've made, um, regrets, wondering where they go from here. Um, I heard the analogy used that imagine that you're in, intens in an intensive care unit and you're hooked up all to all these systems that support your life. And midlife can be compared to having those systems all starting to be pulled away. And then the question is, how does this person support themselves internally when their external supports are no longer working? So an external support could be, you know, and, I, and this is something I see quite often, is um, the aging process. You know, suddenly their bodies don't work the same way. Suddenly they don't, they don't look the same way. And that was something that really supported them either in their, you know, the work they do. Maybe they really enjoy taking care of their bodies and working out. Maybe they have gotten a lot of, um, you know, a, a lot of attention for their physical um, body. And so when that starts to shift, there's a real, what do I do now? You know, what does that mean that um, I can't go to the gym this many times a day anymore? What does it mean that um, I'm not able to, to do this type of work because my appearance is changing? So that's a common thing that we see. Also, it can show up in a marriage, you know, where one person um, may find out that they are suddenly... Um, their, their spouse is, is having an affair or, or the person finds out they're attracted to someone else. And that's another example of a support being pulled away because the relationship, their values that they thought they had or aren't supporting them anymore because now they're making choices that they don't even recognize within themselves. Or you can see it with um, career or finances when there's a shift in their financial situation or um, their career that has they've been building and doing very well and suddenly that's not the case anymore and that's another system of support being pulled away dealing with illness dealing with adult children um, those relationships um, the challenges and those are examples of again supports being pulled away and maybe ways that they used to cope um, with things so it could be that um, one of their coping the way that they would cope would be to here I go back to the working out, but exercising, but suddenly that's not an option for them anymore. Or along the way that they've, they've lost friendships and, um, and it may be because of their own actions, the other persons or both, but those also are not there to support them. So typically when I'm working with clients, they are in that situation where they really have to go within to find the support for themselves. And that's a very, um, challenging transition and it's it's difficult especially when you're very identified with the outer world yeah wow this really resonates and i'm thinking and i want to know if i'm right would it also be for example when um people have had a strong identity with being a parent and then the yes. children grow up absolutely yeah yeah and also sometimes institutions or structures that they've had in place so it could be a career it could be um like you said a, a role 
yeah. that those supports were also masking things that they had never really had to look at. So a person may show up um, because their marriage is is falling apart, but really there's also that also masked unresolved trauma from from their childhood. And so a lot of times people will show up at this time of life where things that they kind of uh, thought had gone away and they had worked through or pushed under the carpet are now unavoidably there. Mm. So, you know, f- frequently I will see clients who will be at the pinnacle of a career and it's, you know, I've built all of this, I'm so successful. Um, but you know what? I'm just now realizing this isn't what I really wanted to do. And that's a big one. That's a big support because they question that. They don't understand how they could get to this point mm-hmm. and have achieved so much, but it it's not really what they wanted. And there's so many feelings about that and confusion and and a lot of times what they had built, you know, whether it was a a company, whether it was a marriage and a family, they they realize going back that when they made those choices, they were making them from a place where perhaps they had taken on the values and agendas of people um, who love them, <laughs> who had their best interests at heart, but they never really questioned those things and went ahead with the with this. And here they are now, and they're forty something or fifty something, and they're ready to to walk away from it all. And what does that mean? Yeah, and they're like, "What do I want?" Yeah, that's a big one, and and. So there's a lot of, you know, a lot of shifts, a lot of realizations. Um, and and these, these shifts and realizations are, are scary because they're becoming more clear on what they want and the direction they want to move on and with, move in. And with that clarity comes this vulnerability because um, the more clear they are, it's dangerous for them because now they are dealing with what other people will say, what other people will think. And um, that's terrifying to think of, of that and, and what making these changes will mean, but it's also terrifying to think of staying the same. Mm. And so it's about, you know, I, I would say that the work with clients is really about getting to know themselves deeply. Um, I always use the image of an iceberg that you know, their lives, for the most part, our lives are what we can see um, above the surface. But the biggest part of the iceberg and the part that can get us into trouble if we don't map it and don't know what it, what's happening down there is what's beneath the surface. And so I would say that the therapy process is about going beneath the surface and looking at things that uh, they may have never looked at or things that they thought would it would be fine they could just kind of put it over here in another room psychologically speaking mm-hmm. but now those things are calling for their attention mm. yeah so i i have to ask because i'm a trauma therapist and you know you caught my attention when you said there may be some unresolved trauma that um factored in to these that was the underlying cause of yeah. decisions that were made. So how does trauma and um, 
I guess, how do you conceptualize trauma within the Jungian depth psychology framework? <laughs> if you can um, answer that, I don't know. Oh it's a weird God. question. You know, the basis of, you know, one of the, I think it would be one of the foundational aspects of Jungian thought is that a lot of our symptomatology, our challenges, our neuroses come from getting away from our instinctual grounding. Basically meaning that we have... Um, because of the intention, good intentions of family and society or through our own choices or through something happening have become separated from what it was we were meant to be and what was supposed to um, come through us. And in, with trauma, that's also very similar because a traumatic event or events occur in a person's life and it's almost like they are derailed like they were going one way mm -hmm. and now they're going another way and when that trauma is not addressed when it's not when there is not a a process of healing brought to that trauma they make decisions through that trauma lens yeah you know and those decisions could be about um you know just the direction, you know, the direction of their life, about relationships, about children. It, it, it impacts parenting. It impacts um, coping mechanisms. Well, you know this, Laura. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Well, it just makes me think of how people who've experienced trauma often say, especially if you're working with people in the more immediate period of crisis after the trauma, like shortly after, they'll yeah. say, I just want to feel like myself again. So that yeah. really, like hits home for me with what you're talking about. Yeah. And I, and I, when I think of my, my clients who have been through trauma, um, it's really about, you know, at, you know, cause we also obviously will, will address the trauma, but what, how did that trauma, um, block them from accessing their inner gifts, their, who they are. Um, and so it's, it's about having learning how to well i guess first of all giving themselves permission to to be who they are um and that sounds so simple but it's not mm -mm. you know it's this process of um really sifting through the messages that they were sent what they've internalized because of this trauma and then somewhere back there they find that person and um you know again this is a really good place to use parts parts work and you know how do we help this part of you have a voice again um how do we help this part of you get into the driver's seat of your vehicle you know i use the the bus metaphor with a lot of my clients and basically it's just that we have all these parts of ourselves um they're the passengers on the bus we can't kick anyone off the bus mm. and we can't kill anyone so that you're these Therapists, we've all had that moment. You wake up in the middle of the night. Oh my gosh, did I do my notes? Well, you don't have to worry about that anymore when you use therapy notes. Therapy notes makes it easy to write your notes, get them done quickly, but thoroughly. My group practice has used therapy notes for six years and everyone always finds it easy to use. But the best thing is if you do need help, you can call their customer service number and a person answers the phone. And anytime I've ever had to use it, which is maybe three times in the past six years, my 
issue has been resolved easily with a cheerful demeanor in 15 minutes or less. So I highly recommend Therapy Notes. And don't forget, go to therapynotes.com and use promo code chat to get two free months. We're all riding with you on this journey. Um, however, the rageful, angry part of you doesn't need to be driving all the time. Um, save your rage for maybe when someone's threatening your child. But how do we get the, that part of you to, to step away from the driver's seat? And how do you gently escort that part of you to sit down and bring another part of you to the driver's seat? Because whoever's driving determines your journey, the people you'll see, the experiences, whether you get stuck, you get into an accident. And so that has really um, helped. I use that with especially my my trauma clients and really starting to try to find the part of themselves who really wants to be driving. And, and they didn't even know that she was on the bus, that, that she existed. They, they had thought they thought that the trauma was who they were. Wow, that that is so true in the way that trauma insidiously changes your perspective yeah. without you realizing it. And then until you get back to yourself, you don't see yeah. how it took you away. And you're like, oh, here I am again. There's me. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, what you said insidiously, I, I, you know, we always talk about how did she sneak back into that driver's seat again? You know, she just, you know, suddenly she was there and she was driving. And so really teaching them to recognize when that part of them has taken over because of what the journey is looking like, what they're experiencing. Um, yeah. You know, what the, the, the feel of the journey, is it bumpy? Is it rocky? Are you stuck? Um, you know, like one client said that she knows that um, that part of her is driving when she is close to driving off the road into a ditch, you know, that type of thing. So, yeah. So I would say that that would be um, the way that I, I apply that the depth approach or the parts work to conceptualizing trauma and making it also something that's manageable because it's just a, just a part of you, you know, and it's mm -hmm. a part that we can um, get into relationship with and find out what this part of you needs, what, you know, what she thinks, what she feels. So that's, that's been um, meaningful in my work with clients. Yeah, that's really cool. Thank you for explaining that. And I love that metaphor. I'm going to be borrowing that. <laughs> I love that one, too. <laughs> one of my favorite ones. Yeah. Lourdes, can you talk a bit about, you mentioned that you use art and poetry, and you mentioned dreams, metaphors, and images. And so you were just talking about the metaphor of the bus. But can you talk more about how you use all of those in depth psychology? Um. With the poetry, the poetry speaks a lot to the processes that my clients may be going through. So one example I'll use is um, there's a poem by the German poet Rilke, and it's called The Swan. And what the poem is about is it describes how when the swan is out of the water, it, he, lo he looks nothing like his beautiful, stately self in the water. He's awkward, he's clumsy, and if you look at the swan walking, you, you would never believe that it could be so graceful. And then as soon as the, the swan reaches the water's edge and sinks down into the water, there's a transformation. 
and the swan transforms into this beautiful, you know, stately um, creature that is supported by the water. And so that's a poem I use a lot with my clients in describing that, you know, a lot of times we are not in our element. You know, we are not um, where we are going to be at our best. And so when we're not aligned with that, when we're not, our journey is not corresponding with the things that we really value and the things that light us up, we are going to look a little awkward. <laughs> We're going to look a little clumsy. It's going to, because it's not really fitting for us. It doesn't, you know, it's not um, resonating with us. But as soon as you move towards your element, you're going to be supported. And so all you have to do is to start moving towards that element. Because as soon as you reach that element, it will just support you. You know, and so that has been a good metaphor to help clients in um, visualizing and kind of connecting feelings to the process of becoming more authentic and moving towards who they are, because that is very doable. All you need to do is move towards your element. And when you get to your element, it's going to support you. And just that's one of the, the ways that I've I've used that poem with clients. Wow. So that was so just powerful to me to hear you even talking about it and thinking about when we feel out of alignment, how that just you feel so lost. And then when you connect with yourself in a way that is in alignment with your true values as a human, how you, you know, I think we're saying this again and again, but how you just feel like it clicks and it's like, yeah that's the authentic self that, you know, we all want to be in touch with. Yeah. You know, it's, I use this uh, quote from one of my mentors, but, you know, it's when something's right for you, it's right for you and you know it. And so really teaching my clients to, to listen to that knowing and to, um, to use that as a, as a compass in knowing that they're moving in the right direction. And, um, and also knowing too, that when you're not feeling, you know, maybe you're feeling clumsy and this is very, it's not working very well. Instead of, uh, looking at that with judgment or being hard on yourself, taking that as, okay, that's just an indicator that I'm not in alignment with myself. And so I need to move towards that. And the, and I guess another metaphor too, is you know, I just thought of it right now was using the compass and, you know, um, sailors, Emily Dickinson wrote a poem. I can't remember it right now, but she wrote about the the compass and that sailors in the ocean don't know where true north is, but they trust that compass is leading them in that direction. And so for every person, um, also knowing you don't know exactly where your true north is, but you, you know that you can just move in that direction. You have an inner compass, an inner guiding system. And so um, just move towards it. You don't have to worry about getting there and what you'll do and um, all the details. Just start to move towards it and then you'll be supported. So that's, um, I guess, some examples of using poetry. Yeah. So and I like that focus on things that feel very overwhelming being just take it in small pieces. It doesn't you don't have to know the whole answer. Just start moving in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, much more manageable that way. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and as far as with uh, working with dreams, um, from a union perspective, the dream is a organic 
soft portrayal of the client's current situation um, in the unconscious. Or there's a quote by Jung which I really um, find very powerful, which is, you know, the dream shows the inner truth and reality of the patient or the client as it really is, not as I think it is, not as he or she would like it to be, but as it really is. And um, it may not be a, a specific situation. It could be a process. So um, if in this dream the person is, um, there's a house and there's an open window and he's frantically trying to close that window, you know, a way to look at that dream is where, where in your life um, do you feel that something external is that ma- that is making you feel unsafe is coming in, and I'm I'm kind of going through this quickly, but um, you know perhaps this person has said that they felt frightened and they're trying to keep they 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 didn't feel safe and so they're trying to close all the windows. So that would be an example of a process um, where in your life is something like this showing up, the energies of um, trying to keep something out and fearful of something coming in. Another way that uh, you look at dreams from a a union perspective is that every aspect of the dream is the dreamer. So, for example, um, you could—I'll I'll just use one of my own dreams, which I, I worked with with um, my analyst at one time, and I was really amazed. But I was in a in a room, and I had the door shut, and there was some woman on the other side banging on the door trying to get in, <laughs> and I was so terrified that she was going to get into the room, and. Um, the way that uh, she phrased it was, what part of you are you afraid to let in? And what part of you are you trying to keep out? Mm. And what part of you is banging for your attention right now that wants to break this door down and get to you? And that was just really powerful because um, I knew exactly what she was, what that meant to me. Mm. And so that's another way also to look at dreams is that every part of the dream is you. You know, if... um, you know, if there's a, a person in the dream who's angry and a person in the dream who is uh, maybe driving a vehicle, then you you are the angry part, you are the vehicle, you are the person driving. So it's, it's like it, you can correlate oh. it to, to parts, again, to parts work. You know, what part of you is that? Um, I've found that with clients who, who want to work with dreams, because I, I leave it as an option to them, it has really profoundly deepened the work and even accelerated it. There are things that dreams can bring into the therapy room that we may not have gotten to in two or three months, but because they share this dream and they immediately know what the dream is about and they're even just floored that, wow, I I can't believe this, that this is, you know, this is what this dream means. And and dream interpretation is not about um, looking into a a dream book and looking at the meaning it's really about what this dream symbolizes for the dreamer mm-hmm. um, so it's that's what the, the work looks like it's 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 not um, me telling them what the dream is about it's really about them asking those types of questions and then they're them having the aha moment and and when you have a, a you feel it in your body when a dream has hit on the right place. And so that's what I, I, I also tell my clients is, you know, sometimes we may not know what the dream has to say. Sometimes we will. Sometimes it takes time. 
Um, but we honor the dream, which means we, we share it and we give it space. And, um, and then we see what happens. Um, I ha- another dream that I can give an example of was a, a dream, again, this is one of mine, where um, there was an image of a lion and then there was a, a book that was bound with like a leather cord. And through my own inner work and working with um, a therapist, I, you know, I, I realized that that lion represented the part of me Oh, yeah, the, the lion was roaring, but I couldn't hear it. <laughs> mm. So it was a part of me that was really wanting to be heard. And, um, but for some reason, my voice wasn't, um, no one could hear me. And it was about where in your life is this showing up. And then the bound book was um, the parts of my life that I didn't want to look at. Mm. You know? And so it be, turned into what, what do we need to do to move that cord and unwrap that book? What is in that book that maybe is going to be difficult to see? You know, maybe the, the lion, that, you know, is the lion calling for that? Is the lion calling for you to open this book, but you're not listening, and that's why you can't hear, hear what the lion's saying? So just those are just some examples of maybe how, um, you know, dreams could be in, um, integrated into the therapy process. So interesting. And... When you talked about how the dreamer is all the parts of the dream, yeah, I wonder about when people have dreams where you know they know who the people are. So yeah. it's not just like it's me and I'm dreaming that I'm yeah. there with my son and my mother or something. Like, am I all of them? Um, there's no right or wrong way. So what we would do, you know. In general, if the person is someone close to you, like your spouse or your child, they typically are your child or spouse. However, it can all, but if that doesn't resonate with the dreamer and you're trying to work from that perspective, they're like, oh, I'm just not feeling like that. Yeah, that's it. Those significant people in your life can represent a value to you. So for example, maybe it's your, um, your daughter who um, is not moving in a direction you'd like her to go in and you're very frustrated with her. So it may not be her. It may be just your own sense of stuckness, your own sense of frustration. You know, so you, you just kind of explore all those different ways of, of um, seeing what the dream is there to tell you and the dreamer or the client will let you know when it resonates with them. That's really interesting. I'm thinking about when people have dreams, you know, since I do work with trauma mostly, um, sometimes people will have a dream where it's them and their abuser. And I wonder about the abuser being Mm. a part of themselves maybe that they don't want to look at or haven't been able to look at that, you know, versus that it just represents the abuser, abuser. you know. It's just interesting to think about that. Or also, you know, it could be the part of themselves that abuses themselves continues to do that and oh, continues yeah. to continues to re-traumatize themselves or put themselves in situations because, you know, that's, as you know, that's very common for trauma, um, people who've experienced trauma to somehow replicate it, mm-hmm. con- you know, and so is that the part of you that is leading you back into these situations? Very yeah. interesting. You're really giving me a lot to think about here. <laughs> <laughs> so um, before we run out of time, I want to be sure that you get a chance to talk about what 
you're doing. In addition to your practice, I know you're developing a podcast. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I am in the process of uh, creating uh, my podcast. And in this podcast, I will talk about and also have conversations with therapists, artists, writers, and other experts on the unseen, unknown, unfamiliar, and uncomfortable parts of life. So I guess it could also be called a shadow podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so I'm just really excited about uh, having these conversations. And, you know, it it will have a depth psychology um, flavor to it. However, it's not just going to be about depth psychology. It's just really more about helping people to become more comfortable with these other aspects of the human experience. And, yeah, I think that that's that's what it's going to be about and really – talking about things that maybe are considered taboo or um, are judged um, negatively. So, for example, I, I plan to interview a therapist who who works with women who find themselves in affairs with married men. I would like to interview another professor who has done a lot of research on the experience of heartbreak mm. uh, from a depth psychology perspective. And another therapist who uh, works very intensely with individuals who've experienced religious abuse or religious trauma. So those are just some of the uh, ideas um, that I have floating around for it. I love it. And honestly, I think based on our conversation, I will definitely be tuning in because I want to hear more about all of the concepts and depth psychology and the shadow. I mean, it's... There are some people talking about those things, but it's not really in the mainstream. So to be able to hear more about it and learn more, I think, you know, it's not only interesting, but prompts a lot of self-reflection. And that's always a positive thing. Well, you know, we all have, you know, a shadow aspect and these things that I would like to explore more deeply in in this podcast are really parts of everyday life. And uh, maybe by dialoguing about them and acknowledging them, uh, that will also help to lessen any any impact that may be harmful to to ourselves and to others. You know, so really uh, creating that relationship with those hidden parts and 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 doing it in a way that is not um, fearful or sensational, but really just um, embracing these aspects of the human experience. I love or not, it. May, maybe not ex- embracing, because some people may not want to embrace them, but <laughs> but at least honoring them and um, acknowledging their existence. And finding what purpose uh, these parts of the human experience um, have to offer us and what we can learn and take from them. It's beautiful. So, Lourdes, where can people find out more about you and where will they be able to get the information when your podcast is up and running? The best way would be through my website, which is www.lourdesfiado.com. And I have my contact uh, information there. 
I will, at least at the beginning, the podcast uh, website will be a part of my regular website. Uh, so that would be the best place to go to find out what's going on with that. Awesome. Well, I'll be looking for information about that. And I'll be sure to post a link to Lourdes's website in the show notes, along with the poems she mentioned and the book. Um, I think this has been really fascinating. Thank you so much for being here today, Lourdes. Thank you, Laura, for having me. I appreciate it. It was a pleasure. Hey, Laura Reagan here again. I'm excited to share with you that Lourdes's podcast has just recently launched. So by the time you're hearing this, her podcast has been available for just a couple days, and I hope you'll check it out. It's called Women in Depth, and she already told you what it was about, so I'm not going to repeat that. But you can find it by going to Lourdes's website, www.lourdesviado.com, and click on Podcast. And there you will find all the most recent episodes. I hope you'll enjoy Lourdes's podcast. If it's anything like this conversation, I think it's going to be wonderful because I so enjoyed listening to this and I hope you did too. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now, for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. As always, you can hear present and past episodes of Therapy Chat by going to my website, therapychatpodcast.com, or you can find them on iTunes. And I encourage you to subscribe so you can get the most recent episodes. And please leave a rating and review. I'd love to know what you think. And the more people subscribe and leave ratings and reviews, the more iTunes lets people know that Therapy Chat is out there for you to hear. So until next time, thanks for listening to Therapy Chat. Thank you for listening to the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information, visit Laura's website at www.lauraregan.lcswc.com.